Coming up on AEA Amplified, Mike Adamson, President and CEO of the AEA. From the Aircraft Electronics Association, this is AEA Amplified, a podcast for aviation's technology experts, with your host, Jeff Hill. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AEA Amplified. I'm Jeff Hill, the Director of Communications for the AEA and the Editor of Avionics News. With me today is Mike Adamson, the President and CEO of the Aircraft Electronics Association. Mike, thanks for joining us, and how are you doing today? Real good, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing great. This is our inaugural episode of AEA Amplified, so it's an honor and a privilege to speak with you and and thank you for your time and and give an update for AEA members and those interested in association activities. So before we jump into, we want to talk about some in-person events, um, but before we do that, let's reset just a little bit and look back. Obviously, 2020 uh, has been an interesting year for everyone. Um, if you look back to late February and, and early to mid-March, that was right about the time that the AEA was getting prepared to have its annual convention in Nashville, which uh, unfortunately had to be postponed due to the due to the pandemic. But going back to that from mid-March, can you just kind of give us an update on the association and how it's continued operations and its member services during the pandemic? Absolutely. First of all, I just want to say uh, thank you um, for the time today and, and actually how excited I am for this new platform for AEA to reach out uh, to the industry and to our members. Really, this is this is this podcast is another channel for us, and it's going to give everyone the opportunity to listen, learn about the key issues and key players, you know, making an impact in the business in general aviation. So, thank you for for coordinating this exciting new effort. So, yeah, going back to March, and you know, when we were sort of forced to make, um, you know, the decision to initially postpone, eventually cancel our show, um, we've really had an interesting summer uh, for <laughs> for our members and for the industry. Um, but really, as you know, as quickly as we shut things down, um, you know, our members uh, were really up and running in a couple weeks. And um, you know, as they were deemed essential, uh, they were just uh, sort of adhering to new workplace, you know, safety criteria, and opening their operations back up. And um, what we found shortly after that, uh, about the May timeframe, when we surveyed our shops, um, we kind of saw some surprising results. Really. Um, we thought the backlogs would be shrinking more. Um, we thought there'd be a bigger impact on operations and you'd, you'd see some workforce uh, reductions, but really in the early months of this, you know, we didn't see that. In fact, um, the only thing that the shops really were focused on at that point was curbing some of their spending. Um, and so that was telling to us that that maybe as essential operations, um, you know, our members were gonna be able to continue their business and um, you know maybe not have the customer interactions that they're used to, uh, but still be able to work on airplanes. Um, and what we've heard in recent months with folks visiting the facility, it's kind of continued that theme. Um, you know, we're hearing that uh, there's a lot of quote activity um, and a fairly steady stream of business, uh, sort of as the as the shops um, and their customers, you know, take advantage of of open slots. Um, in their backlog and uh, you know these their members seek value. And what we heard from the manufacturers, um, you know that sales were down a little bit, 25 to 30% in that second quarter. 
consistent with you know what we're hearing in other other industries. Um, you know, there was some talk of or some concern of um, interruptions in the supply chain, uh, which you know they immediately started working on, um, but still continued to certify product, um, do research and development for new products, and gear up for for 21. And then from a from an association standpoint, uh, the staff, you know, continued operations um, really uh, as if we were in the office. So we've been working from home, um, but uh, it's been the same as if we were in the office. And when we did that, um, you know, throughout the summer, we were still able to host classes and we're still able to provide our, our usual member uh, benefits and services with no interruption. So we're pretty excited about that. And um, as things start to open back up, um, you know, we're gearing up for a busy fall and and certainly um, excited about 21 um, and all that it uh, it can promise. So that, that's a great segue moving into the fall there and, and, and talking about the in-person events and, and a path forward. You know, after months of widespread closures, really all 50 states are now in some stage of reopening. Um, and the face-to-face -face events industry is certainly restarting. Um, you know, we're seeing schools and businesses are reopening across the country. Uh, we're seeing professional and college sporting events have resumed. Um, even large in-person events are starting to come back uh, with groups of more than 1,000 people recently gathering in Florida and Indiana. Uh, so we've seen a lot of positive signs in recent weeks, um, and that's true even within the aviation industry. Uh, the North Dakota Aviation Association uh, recently announced that the inaugural Fly Indy Career Expo, uh, which will be at the Fargo Air Museum on October the 30th. And in addition, the AEA uh, recently conducted four full weeks of training at its headquarters in Lee Summit, Missouri, and had no health issues. So what did those in-person training classes look like for those who were in attendance? How many people attended? And, and how did those attendees respond? Yeah, I'll give you an update. Um, first of all, credit to everybody who is attempting to, um, to host an in-person show or, or, or classroom event or training or meeting of some sort. Uh, we've seen that over the summer from different types of, you know, ceremonies like, you know, graduation events and weddings and um, I guess even funerals. Um, so, so for the folks that are that are dealing with that or, or attempting to host something like that, credit to them to to try and get it back open. And that's simply what we're trying to do. Um, about mid-July timeframe, uh, we decided that, you know, after reviewing the local and state uh, CDC guidelines and county guidelines uh, and protocols that um, there really was a window for us to to open the facility back up with appropriate measures in place and offer training again. Um, I'll tell you this, the interest from the industry was certainly there for it. And uh, we did that with a class in mid-July and and a week-long class. We had success with that. You know, we're limiting our groups to 15 people. Um, they can be spaced in our, our training facility pretty easily, um, you know, easily six feet apart. And uh, with the masks and, and all the protective um, things that we can provide, they're able to, to attend the classes and um, attend our training. So uh, that was exciting for us. You know, that, that actually felt like uh, what we'd done in the past minus, 
you know, minus the headcount, we normally have classes in the 20 to 25 range. So we were down a little bit in numbers, but it was just nice to get everybody back into the building, um, networking, talking about their business, talking to us about what they're experiencing in the field and what they're experiencing with their customers and how positive they were about uh, sort of their um, continued operations. Um, and really that's what started for us the thought that maybe with the right measures, you know, we could we could pull this off in a larger scale. Um, and so we started exploring that obviously. And, and um, that's how we reached our decision on the Connect conferences. But uh, as far as the classes go, uh, you know, we had success in, in July and August. Uh, we're taking a little bit of a break um, here in the later August through the end of September before we pick back up. Um, and then we go almost a full month, you know, straight through with, with a new class um, for aircraft instrument systems. Uh, again, our pedostatics classes, uh, the folks at Viavi are coming back for the 4,000 and 6,000 training. And then, you know, experimental class after that. And then uh, Rick Perry joins us in mid-October um, around our Central Connect conference to conduct um, his regulations of maintenance class and a new internal audit class. So. Um, Aaron's got the, the classroom buzzing. We've been very busy with it and are excited to be able to um, continue our operations as well. So we certainly have some some new classes being offered. Um, and, and those classes are not only some of them more appropriate for AEA members, but there are also are a variety of classes that we have available uh, for non-AEA members and, and uh, just aviators in general. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And these are open to anybody. Um, of course, members get a discount for our training, as always, um, but they are open to others in the industry. And, you know, what we found with our training facility is kind of unique. Um, it, obviously, it's it's folks from the industry at all at all stages of experience um, and all levels uh, within their own um, businesses. But that classroom is is a real incubator for um, the repair station business. And so these these attendees come to our class and and find out what we're all about, learn from the best folks that are in the industry that, are, that do it day in and day out. And, um, you know, and then decide that they either want to start their own or, or add some service or, or uh, program to their existing um, company. And, and they lean, off, lean on us uh, for that. And so it's really been an incubator for members into the association as well. So this is something we're excited about as a way to reach other folks in the industry who may not be familiar with AEA. And so what's the best way that someone could enroll to take one of those classes? How do they go about doing that? Uh, it's as easy as, as going online at aea.net slash training. Um, you'll immediately be taken to a full list of, of courses. Uh, and I think they're even in chronological order as you, as you look at the site there. And then of course, you know, register credit card over the internet and, and you're all set. Um, and just to, to add to it from the safety perspective, I think this is important to note because this carries over to what we're thinking for our Connect conferences. You know, we're not just opening up our facility because we can and, and we've got all the space and meet, you know, local criteria for, you know, um, percentage of, of uh, capacity guidelines. You know, there's, a, there's pretty direct communication from Aaron Ward, our director of operations, to the attendees about our expectations um, for their health and safety and what the staff is doing to protect ourselves as well. Um, and we go to the extent of, you know, providing the masks, the hand sanitizers, 
of course, the social distancing, closing off parts of the facility that don't need to be used and you know where people shouldn't gather, that sort of thing. And then um, we start every day with a, a daily symptom log uh, for both the staff and the attendees. So as they come in in the morning and uh, line up to get in, you know, appropriately distance, of course, uh, they actually fill out a symptom log each day, uh, making sure that they don't have signs of uh, of COVID or or something else that you know could spread throughout the class and potentially shut us down. So uh, we're we're checking all the boxes for sure. That sounds great. And once again, we are visiting with AEA President and CEO Mike Adamson here on AEA Amplified. Uh, reminder to you that this podcast is brought to you by Avionics News, the monthly magazine of the AEA, which is available in print online and via mobile apps for Android and iOS devices. You can read Avionics News online at avionicsnews.net, or you can get it on Google Play or download it on the App Store. So Mike, let's talk about uh, moving forward here into the fall in the AEA Connect conferences and the schedule for this fall. First of all, uh, I know a lot of our members certainly have attended AEA Connect conferences, but we probably have some listeners who don't even know uh, what an AEA Connect conference is. Could you maybe describe what that is, who attends it, and and what its purpose is? Sure. Yeah, those are, um, you know, they're really regional events, um, used to be called our regional meetings, and, um, you know, a series uh, of meetings throughout the U.S., three different locations, um, East, Central, and West, of course, Canada, Europe, and in our South Pacific region. And in the past, um, at different times, we've had meetings in Latin America as well. Uh, but these are typically two-day events, and you know they're they're um, technician training focused, um, shop owner manager focused uh, for for the operations of your business. And so this is where repair stations meet to check off their training requirements. It's where they meet to uh, connect with their manufacturer reps from the different uh, associate members of the association, um, have a little bit of exhibit hall. And then of course, there's always you know networking tied to these. That's really the purpose uh, of these events is to meet face-to-face and more so in your region where you're gonna have your peers um, at the conference with you, um, not just your local rep uh, from the different manufacturer, but you're gonna have shops that are you know, possibly your competition um, sitting side by side, um, you know, to get the training, the regulatory updates, updates from the association on our programs and services. Um, you're going to meet, uh, typically you'll meet someone um, with the FAA. Uh, they're always invited to attend and have a, a long history of supporting us uh, at these events. And certainly, you know, with these events, six of them throughout the world, three of them in the United States, you are presented by different challenges and opportunities uh, by geographic region. So for example, the South Pacific event, which was scheduled to be in New Zealand this year has been canceled. Uh, the, the event in Canada has been canceled for this year. And one of the West conferences uh, in California have been canceled. However, uh, there are two connect conferences that are moving forward. And that being in Naples, Florida, which is set for September 23rd and the 24th. And then the other one, which is always very popular, is in Kansas City, October 19th and 20th. So as we sit here the, the first week of September and talk about those, those two Connect conferences, you know, what can the attendees and the exhibitors expect at these Connect conferences? Yeah, I'll get to that. Um, I do wanna say, you know, it's, it's unfortunate 
that we had to cancel uh, the Canada event, uh, our, our meeting out west, and, and of course South Pacific, and they're all for different reasons. Um, you know, we, we're we look very closely, as I mentioned earlier, that you know we follow the CDC guidelines, uh, the state and local guidelines and protocols, and and um, they vary from region to region, from state to state, and uh, and unfortunately the travel restrictions in and out of the U.S. takes care of. Uh, of those meetings in Canada and the South Pacific. And we plan to do something virtually um, to reconnect with them, um, certainly provide updates on a regulatory basis and understand, you know, the challenges they're facing in keeping their operations going. Uh, so we will we will have more information on that uh, in the coming weeks uh, as those events, you know, obviously aren't gonna be able to happen. And then the West Connect, you know, um, unfortunately, California's still pretty locked down, pretty restricted on, gatherings over a certain size. And we thought that would, um, you know, open up uh, before we were having to meet out there. And it just, it just doesn't look that way. And it doesn't look like there's any alternatives um, uh, as far as out West goes. So we're inviting folks to attend um, the East and Central Connects and, uh, you know, pick accordingly based on your availability, your, your, your comfort with where you're, you're headed to. Um, you know, Florida is a uh, a major spot for um, a large number of our repair stations. I think, I think it accounts for about a tenth of our U.S.-based uh, membership. California is about the same. Um, so, you know, putting a meeting right in Florida makes sense if, um, you know, they're meeting the numbers uh, with case counts and and that sort of thing that that makes sense. So we've scrutinized that every day, uh, paid attention to all of the news that's coming out of South Florida. Um, worked very closely with the hotel uh, to make sure that we're covering our bases as far as, you know, the personal health and safety of, of our members, the AEA staff, and of course, the hotel staff. Um, same with Kansas City. Kansas City, uh, the state of Missouri, really from the beginning, has had pretty loose restrictions, you know, from a government uh, governor's level. Um, he left it to the different counties and locales. And um, where we lie and where the meeting will lie in, in um, October, um, there aren't uh, capacity restrictions and that sort of thing. There are the mask guidelines, the personal protective equipment, the, you know, the, the sanitizing, social distancing and all of that, which of course we'll do. But from a meeting standpoint, um, these hotels have been really incredible uh, to work with. Uh, of course, they want our business. Uh, and of course, we want to bring them business, but uh, they've been fantastic in um, providing us enough space to meet, spreading out the rooms, um, directing the flow of traffic, uh, you know, contactless service, you know, um, changing their food and beverage uh, setups so that it's, you know, contact free and doesn't allow people to gather, uh, you know, all the different measures that that you see with restaurants and and um, facilities that are reopening. To, to make things work. So we're excited about the steps that, that are being taken at the, at the um, hotel in Naples and, of course, in Kansas City to, to pull this off. Yeah, that, Mike, that's great. I know the AEA and your staff is working together with hotel partners to ensure those safe meetings and follow the established protocols, uh, along with the guidance from the CEDC and, and, and local governments. You mentioned the P, PPE kits will be available for attendees and exhibitors and the, the seating space six feet apart. Um, as far as the, the schedule and the and the, the content that'll be covered, um, 
what regulatory appearances uh, are there? What what kind of content will be covered, and and uh, some of the technical aspects that will be uh, reviewed in those Connect conferences? Yeah, so it, you know our format for the conferences is is changed slightly. Um, of course, we'll have our regulatory updates, and you know I know Rick's working on that schedule. Um, you know, to talk about everything that's impacting uh, repair stations and, and manufacturers. And he's got some some invited officials from the FAA um, who are working on how they're going to support us. Um, and, if, you know, in addition to that, uh, we'll have our technical presentations. And um, for those companies that uh, don't have a complete technical presentation, we've got uh, our product info sessions, which have been very popular. Um, the big change that we've made for this season is really splitting up our exhibit hall uh, to cover the lunch hour. So we've got a couple hours over the lunch hour where we're going to be able to meet with exhibitors and then um, still continue our late afternoon, early evening uh, session with the exhibitors. So we've actually added more time uh, for attendees to meet with their exhibitors and we've we've set it up such that uh, they can do it in the middle of the day or and or in the evening and it just it helps with um, congestion minimizing contact uh, and that sort of thing and then the second day is is um, sort of our usual routine with with uh, technical training and we've got great support from the companies that uh, um, have committed so far to our meeting uh, both in the exhibit hall and on the training program Aaron's got that all set up and and um, got the description is up on the website for for anything you're interested as far as the technical pieces go so for those avionics professionals and aea members who are interested in attending one of those two connect conferences in kansas city and naples the best way to register for those is to do it in advance on the aea website and you can do that at aea.net connect and then choose the event that you want to attend i'd I also failed to mention that uh, the AA also has a Connect conference annually in Europe. And fortunately in 2020, that event took place back in January uh, in Germany. So uh, we were able to get that one in, but um, just looking ahead into 2021, uh, what are your plans for, for the Europe Connect conference? Maybe what time of the year could that take place or, or uh, some of the challenges that you face within that region? Yeah, I think um, obviously we're still watching the international travel restrictions and you're seeing some things ease, um, but that probably won't get us in the window uh, that we're used to in the early January timeframe or mid-January timeframe. Uh, I suspect that will slide. And with the international convention in March, you know, um, we don't want to get it too close to that. So um, I would say first half of the year would be ideal. In fact, we used to meet in the May timeframe. Um, and connect to other industry events. So we'll watch closely um, how those shows like Aero Friedrichshafen and of course, MBAA's uh, eBase, how those line up, um, what their plans are and, and see if we can uh, connect to those um, and set a date in that time frame. but it all depends. So I think we've got a little bit of time before we commit to uh, an actual date, um, but uh, I suspect we will be looking sometime after March and potentially, you know, um, into into June if if we have to. And Mike, as you know, looking ahead to 2021, the bigger shows are also expected to make a return. Uh, for example, HAI Heli Expo is set for March 23rd and 25th 
in New Orleans, and that will have hundreds of education courses and 18,000 industry professionals and 700 exhibitors expected. Uh, that last report, the hotel room block for HAI is filling up quickly, and that's great news. The HAI staff, we know, is, is moving forward with that event. And then, of course, uh, the 64th annual AEA International Convention and Trade Show is set for March 15th through the 18th in Dallas, Texas. So is there any update you can provide right now on, on the status of the AEA convention for next spring? Yeah, absolutely. And, and credit to HAI for pressing pressing on with that. Um, you know, they're roughly, what, eight, 10 days after us. And uh, it's pretty clear from their messaging that um, they're moving forward uh, with an in-person event. And we're excited about that. Um, we are, uh, of course, ahead of them uh, as far as the calendar goes and excited to see, um, you know, the, the momentum towards, you know, an in-person event. Um, as far as our planning goes, uh, you know, that starts the second the last one finishes. Well, the last one didn't finish, um, so it changed our, our schedule a little bit. But uh, we have commitments left over from, from those folks that were expecting to attend Nashville. And um, we've got some, um, some things in place uh, as far as exhibiting um, that in, in order to thank them for staying with us. And we're working on the exhibitor prospectus, which we expect to get out here uh, very quickly. Um, we've got a new show uh, we're planning. Um, format will be similar, but there's gonna be changes, of course. Uh, we expect that uh, we'll be faced with some other challenges um, as these things scale up in size and you get more people in attendance and, um, you know, and we're still dealing with either the effects of or the after effects of, of the pandemic. So uh, we're on our toes on this. Um, we're excited about the idea that, that we can meet in person. Of course, our East and Central Connects are sort of the trial balloons for that. Um, but uh, based on what we experienced with our class and what we hope to see with these Connects, uh, we feel confident going forward. Uh, for the convention and, and more information will be coming soon uh, with regards to how we plan to execute that. Well, Mike, thanks so much for, for joining us here on AEA Amplified and for your time. Very much appreciate the leadership that you uh, provide uh, in moving our industry forward in, in these uncertain times for everyone, but just appreciate the opportunities for those who can meet in person and want to meet in person uh, as our industry is is built upon so much in that face-to-face -face interaction. We appreciate you working so hard to find a path forward and to make those events possible for those uh, who, who choose to participate. Very much appreciated. Uh, AA Amplified is sponsored by Avionics News Magazine and appreciate their sponsorship. To learn more about the AEA, visit aea.net and would also encourage you to follow the association on social media via LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. So that's going to wrap it up for today. And we hope you can join us again soon for another episode of AEA Amplified.